What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 118.1, and we are continuing our playthrough of the Nightmare Before Christmas series, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, last we left off, we were playing as Edward Carnby, and uh, we had just reached disc number two. I am reminded that we're on disc number two, because every time I boot up this game, it automatically says, put in disc number two. Yeah, I stared at my screen for a second. I'm like, wait, how do I do that again? Yeah. and I'm <laughs> Let me like, hit every right. button on the controller until I get an option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so we had made it to the moor, um, made it out of the um, the mansion itself, and um, we actually go back into the mansion slightly, um, but uh, going through the moor and through the swamp here. Um, there's a few, so one thing I will mention, I am so glad that you told me that there is a button to call Aline because if not, I would never have figured this out. Uh, we have to go find the, the summoning stones essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need it there. Yeah. And you have to call her every time you, you find one and she tells you, go look at the North one, go look at the Southeast and then you got to go back and forth, back and forth. Um, their dynamic is just so weird to me. It's bad. It's like, it's just bad. Yeah. And um, it's interesting, you know, I guess we'll get to it, but the, the characterization, there's so many things about this game that are great, but like the, like the rationale and like the way the characters interact with each other. I mean, I, I guess I know this was before narratives were quite as strong as they are in today's games, but I'm like scratching my head through a lot of this as far as the, character interactions with each other and their motivations and everything about the story. You say that, but three years earlier, or actually four years earlier, we had Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but yeah, not everything... That, that's an outlier not, in the good sense. I was about to say, not everything is Metal Gear. So, yeah. And then a year later, we were getting Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's wild to think of in the same, you know... In the same generation, I mean, it's not the same generation, but the same era, roughly, as this game. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we go. Basically, we figure out that this is uh, a compass that's telling us which way to go. But on top of that, it's also telling us um, because she's looking through, basically going through notes and stuff like that. She realizes that oh, today is the day. Today is the day of prophecy, right? We're, we're just we're showing up right on the perfect day for this this uh, this gate to be open into the world of darkness. Okay, great. Um, so it's it's going to happen. Um, and we have to continue through the uh, through the swamp. Um, we ran into our helicopter that was uh, that went or a plane that went down. Yeah. Um, and uh, the 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 pilot is still alive. This is um, the weirdest, most unnecessary death I think I've ever ever seen in, it made in any game sense. or story. Zero sense. It made zero sense. So the the pilot's still alive, but he's trapped. I guess I don't know how he's trapped. Unbuckle your seatbelt, boss. Yeah, I think that's it. He just did not unbuckle himself. Yeah, uh, but he's like, "Don't leave me." He's like, "I'm gonna come back for you. Just relax, man." And he's like grabbing a hold of him. He's like, let go of me right now. <laughs> and then as soon as he lets go of us, we start to leave. The plane starts sinking into the swamp. And we watch the guy just drown. <laughs> yeah, after you're standing there next to him. Yeah. For ages. Literally ages. For you're having a whole conversation with him. Instead of getting him out of there, you're just talking to him. I'll be right back, man. Relax. Well, maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah, every time I see something like that, and, you know, uh, not that I love Mike Myers, but I can't think of anything but the Austin Powers scene with the, like, the, not the steamroller. Yeah, the yeah, steamroller. Yeah, steamroller, yeah. yeah. Where he's, uh, you know, it's ages away, and you're like, well, nothing we can do. It's inevitable. He's going to run me over. Yep. That's basically it. I, I don't know. It was it was the weirdest, dumbest interaction. Yeah. And it's so strange, this game. Um, like, I feel like Carnby's okay. His his dialogue is obviously written pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but Aline is just, you know, I don't think that voice actor is that great. No, she's definitely not. And if it had just been a little bit more 
intentional sounding, you'd almost you'd almost get the sense that Carnby doesn't know why he's there. He's like, "What the hell's happening? Why is this? Why can't this guy get out of the plane? Why is Aline acting the way she does? Like, what what's going on with all these monsters? Like, you'd almost think that." He could take the place of the player and be like, none of this makes any sense. Almost like a fourth wall breaking, but I don't think it quite goes that far. But it is funny where he's, he, you know, he's always challenging her. And so she's always like, what, what's wrong? Why can't you get here faster? There we go. I'm looking it up. I want to know who played Edward Carnby. David Gassman played Edward Carnby. Uh, he has, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Indigo Prophecy. Ooh. Um, oh, wow. He's been in 150 things. <laughs> he plays in Mario plus Rabbids. He plays Rabid Mario. Oh, so he's still relevant. <laughs> That's a new games even. Yeah, he's, he's still in this stuff. Um, he was in the 13 video game. He the one with in, David Duchovny? Yeah. Oh. Black Sad... Um, he they just remade some... that, right? Like a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. Oh, I probably won't replay it, but I do remember that game fondly. I I know his voice. That's the thing. It's like I've heard his voice before, I feel like. Yeah, he was in Indigo Prophecy. He was in Styx. Uh, Bound by Flame, my friend. He yep. was in Bound by Flame. Yep. Beyond Two Souls. I kind of like his selection. Around. It's it's not a list stuff so much, but it's it's all like interesting, relevant stuff. He was the voice of Rayman in Rayman Origins. Oh wow! This dude's done some stuff here, man. He was in Heavy Rain. Uh, okay. Yeah, he really right, liked this... Quantic Dream, huh? He he did. Um, what are they working on? <laughs> no idea. No idea. He, he's he's actually apparently he's just the voice of Rayman. Hmm. I did not realize that he has done every Rayman. Uh, he was in the Siberia series. Oh yeah, I'd love to give that a try someday. Kaya, Dark Lineage, Beyond Good. And, he was Page. He's Page in, in Beyond Good and Evil. <laughs> okay. Wow. No, this is, he is okay. prolific. He's, this is legit. All right, well, so now, if, I got, now, now it makes more sense that he's not the weak link. <laughs> now i got to know who plays Aline. Sharon Mann is her name. I'm going to guess less than 150 games. Uh, she's been an actress in 81 things. Oh, not bad. She's in Vampire the Masquerade. She's in Mario and Rabbids. <laughs> Are they, perchance, married? She's also in Siberia. Black Sad. She's in a lot of the same stuff, but... Detroit Become Human, hmm. Siberia 3, Sticks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. She's in Indigo Prophecy, Bound by Flame. What? Just work I, on I every click, project together. Did I click on the wrong thing here? Hang on a second. No, <laughs> they they literally work on the same stuff. She's also an actress. Like She's been in stuff. That is fascinating. All right. there's got to be more to this her name is Sharon Mann the other guy's name is David Gassman I don't know this is is weird Okay, I think you've uncovered something here I I feel like I have but anyway so yeah um, back to the the, the story at hand Um, that swamp part around the plane was actually a little awkward I couldn't easily tell where I could actually walk. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I got stuck in a dead end at least once. Maybe that was intentional. Don't go down the dead end. Although, on the map, it didn't show it as a dead end. But maybe I just, like, sometimes it's a little hard to tell the way the whole background is, like, computer-generated as, like, a static image. It's a little hard to tell what part you can interact with. Or... You know, when it's an object, it it's more clear because it stands out. Is like it's like lit differently. Yeah, but sometimes so, when it's just the, the background mapping, it's hard to see where you can go. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I, I feel like I have, I've got caught in like on on an object, but I am well far away from the object. Yeah. It's like the hit detection is like really off. 
Yeah, it's like they're trying to map like walls on top of a, a you know, just like a picture. Yeah, yeah. You know it's, where it happened yeah. to me the most is later on when there's a uh, a column that falls and you need to walk over it. Uh, yeah, I remember that part. I couldn't figure out how to get on the column to walk over no, it. No, I, I thought I was going the wrong way. <laughs> uh, I saw the column fall, but then I was like, is that the column? Because it's way up there in the corner of the screen. Yeah. And I was like, can I even go up there? Like, but finally I did. Um, but I had that but same yeah. same issue. That place and in the swamp were the two parts where I, I just felt like I'm like, I, I can't really tell if that little gap I see is actually a big gap, but I'm not at the right angle or yeah. it's, it's not really a gap or it's just, you know, it's just the space between some plants and it has nothing to do with where you can walk. So that, and then like later on at toward the end of the game, um, th- I had a part where I was walking up some stairs and there was a monster coming down the stairs but the monster was almost like clipping through the stairs and it also like the size didn't match. <laughs> so like the size, it looked like a giant monster coming at me. And it was like, this game cannot render enemies on top of the picture. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if some of that's because it, tr- it does try to do more, you know, when I'm comparing it to resident evil, I feel like it tries to do more with like that fake depth. Where it's like you're going up the stairs, but I feel like all that's really happening is it's like you, you might be getting a little bit smaller, but th- there's a lot of maybe more organic pieces. I feel like in Resident Evil, it's more like you're either in the room or you're out. And here there's a lot of – who knows really what stair you're on. The way, you, the way you stand in this game, you're covering like six stairs at a time anyway. So like which yeah. one are you actually standing on? That's yeah, That's the big thing. There was a bunch of times where I'm climbing stairs in the last part of this where I'm just like, man, these stairs are really long or this guy's running really slow or something is yeah. going on. <laughs> um, felt like, you know, whenever Scooby-Doo starts running and they, they run in place for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it, 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 there was, there's definitely some issues there and this, I still have, I think I, I got as good used to the tank controls as I am going to get. Yeah, which, me too. which is not very much. <laughs> yeah, so, some of those parts on those stairs, it, it made me feel a little bit like those bad dreams where you're like, "There's something coming, and I can't get away from it." Because yeah. there's a there's a bunch of parts on the stairs where I had decided I wasn't going to shoot the enemies. Yeah, and it was this weird slow motion chase, like you're going all the way across the screen in slow motion. Then it turns black, and it takes two or three or four times. Longer than I feel like it should to switch screens, and then I'm, then I'm on the next screen running slowly, and then halfway across the screen, now the enemy pops onto the screen behind me, and they're chasing me in slow motion, and I'm like I can't get I can't get away from it, and I don't feel like I'm running, and the whole thing feels like I'm stuck in molasses. Yeah, not in a, not in an awful way, just in kind of like a what the heck awkward. is happening here way. Yeah, yeah, it's like very awkward. I'm like what? All right. I mean, at least it wasn't forward. like. At least it wasn't, like, aggravating too much. Most of the time, even when I would get clipping on, you know, clipping against the sidewalls and stuff, there aren't too many times where, or, or ever, that it actually led me to die. Maybe I took a an extra hit or two, or, you know, it took me a few extra seconds to get off of it, but I'm glad where it was awkward, that didn't turn into super aggravating. It was more just, like, <laughs> kind of funny and ridiculous, not painful. Right. Yeah, I didn't have much issue with combat for the rest of this play session. Me either, although I feel it. like I took a lot more hits than I needed to. Like, I, Well, by the end of this game, I had 10 first aid kits. Uh, when you ended the game? Well, not when I ended the game. Going into the final area, going into the world of darkness, I was like, man, I'm stacked. Yeah. I've got... I've got tons of saving items. I've got tons of healing items. I was good. Now, before we get to that part, let's talk about the part that I got mad about. Because I tried. (laughs) I I will give everything the old college try. Didn't want to look at a fact. 
I'll make it to the church. Well, first we go talk to the lean. We, we pass things to each other over the fence. And, um, they're like, okay, well, you know, you got this, I got, you, you take this. We're passing like things that they can use, you know, and you go to the church. Of, of course she can't really stay with you though, because that doesn't make sense. No, no. Um, going into the church, I didn't know what the hell to do. I yeah. saw that there was a little, there's, there's a little, um, keypad control box keypad that has symbols on it. And I'm like, okay, what, what do I do? And I ran around the church. I couldn't figure it out. I never, th- th- I've never looked at my flashlight in my inventory. Yeah. I turn it on or turn it off, but I don't actually inspect it. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that you could put this little light filter on it. So, all right. I I looked at the fact long enough to say, you gotta, you gotta put the light filter on it and you can find symbols. Cool. What the hell, dude? You have to, you find a symbol in the church, right? Yeah. Right on the front door. Then there's there's the, the the farther a symbol is back all the way past the swamp. Yeah. Down Weird. this down this little like ladder area, and I'm like, how? Like I, I was like, I, I don't I, like I, I gave up. I was like, fact time, and I was like, what? I've got to go all the way back there. Yeah, and that's where yeah, because I, I felt the same way. I'm like, this like it just feels too random to me. Like yeah. Was Resident Evil like that? Like, did I just put so many more hours into that that I explored everything and I eventually uncovered all the secrets? No. Or were they simpler or more intuitive than the ones in this game? Because some of the things that happen in this game, I'm like, this just seems so random. I would never figure this out. No, no. There's definitely more randomness in this than, than like... It felt almost like I was playing like a point-click adventure game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that very very strongly while playing this that it felt much more like a point and click game i don't know if i actually said that in the last recording but you did yeah despite the fact that it looks and feels like a survival horror game i don't get that vibe as much no there's there's a lot of obtuse things and i was like i would never have figured this i would never have thought to go all the way back through the swamp yeah and it's not like like, maybe if they had, A, forced you to see the area, and if those paintings showed up on something that was acknowledgeable as, like, like if there was a big, pl- like an empty plaque or something. So, A, you're like, well, why is this plaque empty? Something's got to happen here. And then, maybe when you were in the in the church, if they had a similar plaque, you shine your light on it. And then you're meant to remember that, oh, yeah, like an hour ago I saw this other empty plaque. Let me go check that out. But they don't give you those kind of, like, lead-ins. Uh-uh. Not, Not that I probably all. would have remembered something that I saw an hour ago anyway, but at least then it would be on me, not on the game. Yeah, no. I was like, yeah, I never would have figured this out without looking at a fact or something. Like, even, like, God, even in 2001 when I had all the time in the world, I would... I would have been mad at the game. Yeah. And because I, I, I like, I don't know that, that that's beyond me. But anyway, we, we find, we find the three symbols that we have to press on the keypad and then it opens up basically, I would say the catacombs, but it, it leads down to a laboratory. Yeah. Yeah. This game is nothing if not diverse with its areas. Yeah. Um, and, Going through the laboratory, there's a couple of sections here I thought that were really interesting and cool. Um, Because the one thing I will give the game is that they allow you to go places and get a lay of the land before interacting with something. Because I was able to walk all the way through this laboratory before having to go back through it in the dark. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we run into uh, into Alan. Um, 
one-eyed Willie's got an eye patch. He, he just looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's doing like weird bodily experiments on these creatures. Which is the very um, first thing you'd think if you saw a lab like this. Sure. Like this there's definitely cages. looks like Frankenstein's lab or something like that. Yeah. There's cages everywhere, stuff like that. Um, and he's doing these experiments. He sees us and we're like, all right, Alan, stop. And he just like runs away, locks himself. I'm like, dude, just shoot the guy. Why, why, why are we, the game would be over <laughs> if you killed the dude. Um, but yeah, uh, he runs off and locks the door behind him. Now we're stuck in this laboratory and he turns out the lights. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So, because so far in the laboratory, we have not been attacked at all. Yeah, um, it's been very so creepy. It's been very creepy, yes. Um, but luckily, Aline is on the radio with us. And how does Aline know where we are? Yeah, my number one question in this section, because she's like, no, 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 go straight. I'm like, go straight? What camera system are you watching me on? Exactly. It, it, you know what it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me a little bit of Jurassic Park whenever they're trying to turn the generators back on. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference is is that they were just following instructions over the radio and having to use their environment to look around. Yeah. Well, this game, she is apparently watching us on some kind of hidden camera system. She must be because she hasn't been – she doesn't know the area, right? Yeah. Like I went to the wrong area and she was like, no, 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 turn around, go back. Yeah. And, and then I go to the right area, and she's like, keep going forward, keep going forward. I'm like, okay, like, how are you seeing this? Yeah. But she leads us to um, two switches that will turn the lights back on, but also unlock the door. But while we're going through the darkness, zombies show up, but they sound differently. The first time I heard this sound, I was like, oh, it, like it made me jump a little bit. I was like, oh, what the hell is that? And then it's like, oh, it's just a zombie. Um, but it's not like but, a real zombie, right? No, I, like, I feel like they disappear. Yeah, they, they, I thought, so the first one I shot twice and I'm like, oh, weird. I thought they took three shots to kill. Then like the second one, I shot it once, reloaded, and it disappeared. And then at least one of the zombies I never shot at all. It just disappeared. Yeah. I don't know. I think they were darkness hallucinations. Yeah, which was interesting because the other hallucinations, the momentary ones, were, were never like substantial in this world. They were just figments of his imagination. So I thought these were kind of cool as like a halfway between a, a mental thing and an actual zombie. Yeah. Because they could do damage to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we able to turn the lights back on and unlock the door. I did run into my only glitch in this area. Oh, really? I had I, That's one thing I never ran into in this entire game was a glitch. I had one where, you know how the, the room with the cages, there was the one offshoot off to the left or right, yeah. I guess, depending on what way you're facing. So I went into that. I went down that hallway, took a left. And as soon as the screen changed, I couldn't move anymore. Uh-oh. I thought it was my controller, so I tried a different controller. I consider myself extremely fortunate that I had saved only, like, three or four or five minutes before this. Right. So I was like, I don't know what happened, but I just reset my game. Hmm. But that, that was the only time that happened, and I went back in that same room. I, I tried not to approach it from exactly the same angle, but then I went in and had no had no issue. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Nothing like that happened with me. That's um, why I'm glad I didn't play it on the PS2, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like everything would have struggled on the PS2. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, yeah. Um, after going through the laboratory, it leads us down into, like... The greenhouse? The greenhouse area. Well, no, it leads us back to the basement. So we had to go through these corridors. Like we had to go basically under, like the the mansion again, right? Because we're in we're in this huge cave system, and we run downstairs, go down through the caves, and come back upstairs, and we're now in the basement of the uh, of the mansion again. 
like yeah. almost to where we where we first entered the the mansion. Yeah. And uh, Aline said, like, I, I unlocked the, the door that leads to the greenhouse, so you can go up that way. Which actually was kind of cool, because I remember going to that, like, trapdoor area the first time, and I was in the basement, and it was locked. Yep. Yep. I remember that, too. So, uh, yep. Go up to the greenhouse. Um, and you get a little Resident Evil nod there. At the greenhouse, you got to climb the ladder and then push a statue off and make it <laughs> shatter. Um, yeah, but isn't that literally the only thing that happens in the greenhouse? It is. There's nothing else there. Is that is it just me or is that weird? Like again, the kind of the randomness. I'm, I feel like if this was a purpose built part of the game, you literally walk in, get the thing out of the statue, and then leave. Yep, that's it. And then you go back down the the cave system, back through the laboratory, that's and so then weird. use what you got on the door that then leads to the other way. Yeah. I mean, even even the, the church, I thought, like, a uh, creepy church in the woods behind this old manor. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big part of the game. But it's, it's literally just that puzzle, and then that's, I mean, I guess it's the entrance down into the lab, which is important, but you're not in the church for very long. Not much to no. interact with in there. No, it's a very small church. But, yeah, do that, and then... um just basically retrace our steps, go back through the, so the door was like a turnstile. So you can only go through one part of it. And then you get the next seal and you go through the other part, which then leads to what I'm assuming is the, the cave door that we've been reading about in all these, these things. Yeah, I think so. And so, um, that's where we, we run into Alan again and Eden Shaw. And, Alan's like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm summoning it. And he summons it. And the door opens up and sucks us all in. And now we're in the world of darkness. Um, which is a series of caves with, with also some alien stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has uh, definitely a, a Geiger-esque feel. Yeah, definitely. And you get, before you go into that cave, right, you get the electric gun. Yeah, the big cache of everything. Yeah, everything, dude. Like, it was like five... uh, Five charms. Yep. Four first aid kits, and the lightning gun and the charger. Yep. And the lightning gun is awesome. Yeah. I love that it stuns them as well as damages them. And Yeah. And the dogs are you know, that that's kinda interesting. Like the way the dogs were such a pain the first time you meet them. You know, multiple shots and then the lightning gun, they're down in like a second. Yeah. And they also chain lightnings. Yeah. So if you got two dogs next to each other, you just shock them both. Um and it runs on a percentage and the great thing is, is that there are little crystals in this cave that when you pick them up, it automatically recharges your battery. And your battery has enough for, what, two and a half or three full gun charges? Something like that. Because I thought that was I, nice. I kept swapping it out and I'd be at like maybe 10% on my gun and then it would only drop my battery from 100 down to like 70 or 80. Yeah. But yeah, running through this world of darkness, man, that was, <laughs> I did have to reference my map a lot here. Yeah. It's a good thing you got a good gun too, because there are a lot of enemies. Yeah. They just keep coming too. Like if you, if you kill them, they just respawn and just keep coming. So yeah, it got to a point where I was like, eh, I'm just going to run by this guy. <laughs> I got pretty good at dodging people too, by the end of this. So, um, yeah, we'll go through a whole bunch of series of caves. Um, d- is it here where we get the, the, the other lightning gun that I never used? Yeah, I think it's called a photoelectric pulsar. Something like that. I don't Which know. Which sounds knows. like it belongs in a very different game. Right. 
But um, um, yeah, you get that. You you get the one interesting clip of is it Obed and Alan? I must have missed this. So there was the one part right. Alan is still looking like a person with his eye patch. Right, 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 right. And then you get the other thing that looks like a. They call it a zombie, but it looks more like a demon to me. Yeah. And then he like grabs his brother and then falls down the the shaft. That's right. He's like, "What did you do to me? Look at what you did to me!" And they fall down the shaft. Which is interesting because that again for the narrative piece of this that's huge right this is this is the morton family this whole game is based around this family and this is two brothers who have taken different paths one of them wants revenge for what the other one's done and their interaction lasts like 6 seconds yeah so is is this and then the the lead in to the final boss i was like where's the big dramatic speech <laughs> there is just, all of a sudden he just starts chasing you and that's it there's no like there's no like yeah the, the end of this game is a little weird but it, it reminded me of this part where I'm like well these are the two most important people on this island other than the two of us that were pl- the player characters so why on this one key meeting where they could have their whole own argument that doesn't even involve Carnby but then but then they they don't have any conversation. I just I thought that was strange given the how much they shoved into like the intro cinematic of this game, and then how little the character interactions play out through the rest of the game. Yeah, like the only this good game... character bits are the the documents you read. Yeah, they 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 shove a lot at the very end, and it's rushed. Yeah, it's very, very quick, very quickly paced. Even the dialogue is quickly paced. Yeah. And I mean, the game's not long either. No. But on the other hand, like, if I had played this at, like, 12 years old, with the amount of exploration you would have had to do to figure out some of these puzzles, and then the awe I would have had seeing, like, this underground laboratories leading into this world of darkness alien landscape, like, this this game would have blown my mind, I think, if I had played it when I was 12. Yeah, no, no. Like, I, I, I f- how do I feel? Like, we can save it for the end if you want, but I feel like this game came out about three years too late. Yeah, it's like right on a precipice. Like, if they had right. waited and made it a next gen game, like a, a PS2 game, where it could have been bigger and longer, more cutscenes, more cutscenes, more dialogue, like, Maybe that would have fleshed out the pieces this doesn't have. Or right. you're right, if it had just gone earlier, it would have been even more maybe visually groundbreaking and they could have overcome some of their limitations just by dazzling you. Right. But, yeah. Um, World of Darkness. Uh, I got lost here once. Um, I got lost oh. in the one section where you have to climb over a lot of things. I didn't get lost there. I got lost because I went to what looked like the exact same bridge, but it was a different bridge. Mm. And then I ran into like, a, it was a dead end. I was like, what am I doing? Cause I, I went here and I found, so you find the flask that you can then fill up with the, I guess, phosphorus water or whatever. And it, it that's like an instant heal kind of thing. Um, in fact, I drank it once, and I went back to blue health, which I had never seen in this entire game. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know this existed. Um, but then I was like, all right, well, where do I go from here? Because it was a dead end. I was like, well, I can't go back the way I came. I'll go back the way I came. I don't know like, I, I, where, where am I supposed to go. Well, apparently I had to go two cave systems back because I had missed a turn somewhere. Um, but luckily I found it. And then right before the boss fight, you get another one of those wells where you can fill up your canteen. Um, yeah, eventually you, you make it to this this area where you can put these these masks or, or heads, statue heads, on a, a totem. And that's when Alan shows up. Now Alan is like a, a zombie, but he yeah. still can talk a little bit. And laugh. 
and laugh and he's just like i'm gonna kill you and i was like okay uh and then the, it's just fight go go and um he moves pretty quickly <laughs> um but that was i was like all right well i've i've I, this is the final boss i've saved all these rockets for a reason i guess so i just unloaded rockets into him um and I shot him a bunch of times. He grabbed me a bunch of times. If he gets a hold of you, man, he throws you. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I I couldn't figure out at first because no matter what I shot him with, I couldn't stop him. Like, I was like, all right, I shoot him, and then I back away, and then I reset, and then I shoot him, and then I back away. But he's, like, relentless. Until he just bum rushes you. Yeah, until I realized that he's also really, like – slow when he tries to swipe you or grab you. Yeah. So once I, like at first I was like, I don't think I can beat this guy. But then I was like, oh yeah, I guess it's not much of a puzzle to figure him out. You just need to know. You just need to trigger him basically to swing. Yeah. Truth be told, when I finished this fight with him, I had no uh, first aid kits and I had one drink of the canteen left. Yeah, same. I... (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going in, and I, I'm going to have to get better if, if this isn't enough to beat him because there's there's no backtracking here. There's no other way to gain health or recharge yourself. Like, I've got what I've got, and that's it. Man, I was playing by the seat of my pants because I hadn't saved since I got to the World of Darkness. Ooh, I saved twice in the World of Darkness because I'm like, yeah. look, I'm not doing this again. Oh, man, I, was, I, I, I somehow got it by the skin of my teeth because... Oh. I got, yeah, because I, now, now that I'm thinking about it, like, man, I only have one healing item left. But you I had, like, have... seven save charms? Yeah. <laughs> just, sitting, just sitting there. Um, I wonder if you could save during a boss fight. That'd be interesting, right? I did finally realize, I'm like, something's going on with the saves in this game. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does take you back a few minutes. It takes you back to the beginning of, like, the section, I think. Yeah. Because I, I definitely that. like went into a section, and I was like, "I'm gonna save." And I'm like, "No, let me let me play a little bit more." And I ended up playing about ten more minutes, and there were some cutscenes, and then I saved, and it definitely put me back before the cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. So That's every time fun. I started this game up for the day, I'm like, I don't actually know where I'm gonna be. Where I'm at, yeah, yeah. That was that was, yeah. I that I found that out too. In fact, I think. One of the facts that I looked through, I remember when you first run into Edenshaw and he gives you a charm of saving, um, the the fact says, save before talking to Edenshaw and he'll give you a free one and then you'll have another save of charm that he gives you again in this cutscene again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> trying to game the system here. But uh, yeah, um, I... I was able to stop him. So, so I, so I had to look at the fact I shot him and then he fell over and I was like, Oh, is he, is he dead? Finish so him. I shot him. I shot him while he was, while he was on the ground. I'm like, okay, that didn't do anything. Uh, pause fact. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I got to go to the spear. I didn't even know there was a spear in the room. <laughs> yeah. It said something about the Southeast exit. I'm like, well, this room is tricky because I've seen about three things that look like exits that don't do a thing. Yeah. Like they're arches that are dark, so it looks like a doorway, but you can't go into them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I ran over to the spear, and one of the weirdest friggin' things happened. Edward Carmi grabs the spear. He then turns vertical, and this light shines, and then he emerges <laughs> from the light, and he now looks like a Native American. Yeah. And- <sighs> What actually Alan happened to up. him? I don't know. And then Alan uh, comes running up to him, and he stabs him with the spear, and he dies, and then he transforms back into Edward. <laughs> it's more like he pokes him a little bit with the spear. It's true. Like, I thought he was going to run him through, and this is going to be your big gratuitous finish. Like, yeah, you're finally done. I'm I'm saving the day. And he pokes him in the stomach and then backs up and... And then zombie Alan like flips in in half, flips backwards. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It looks like he was electrocuted. I think it was weird. That that whole last scene right there was like, what? What? What, what just happened? Okay, all right. 
Yeah, something um, big's happening. There's lights and there's zombies and there's a magical spear and then like I don't understand any of the interactions that are happening on the screen, but they never like like n- nothing I've ever read said anything about a spear. Yeah, and and that's yeah. That's one of the other things that bothers me about this ending. Like yeah, there's never been any indication that there's a magical spear. Or that you need to really kill Zombie Allen, I think, to save the day. And then your big, like, puzzle to leave this whole area isn't a puzzle in the remotest sense. And you just pick something up and then take it back? Yeah, and then put it on the pedestal. But there was never an indication that it was important. It could have been, it could have just been a key that was sitting there in the door that you exited. It's not like different areas of the uh, of Shadow Island each had a half of, or a third of a puzzle, and you put these three pieces together, and it and it gives you the thing that allows you to leave. It was just here's three random statues. One of them happens to be there. One of them you just get when after you kill Alan, and then Alina's the third one anyway. So it, it felt like an area that was earmarked to be a good puzzle, and there's just nothing there. Yeah, it's just random. Yeah. Again. I I don't know. But yeah, we, we we take in that room, there's the statue, we grab the statue, go back two rooms, put the statue on the pedestal, Aline comes in and like the place is apparently going to, to collapse now for some reason. Um and he's like, Come on, put the put the statue on, put the statue on and behind us a door opens up and Eden Shaw shows up and he's like, get out of here. No, no, I don't even say that. All right. I, I'm going to try to, it's not verbatim, but I'm going to try and summarize the, the last cut scene. Cause it, it's, it's a, it's a full motion video cut scene, not, not you know, live action or anything like that, but it's, it's an actual cut scene. And Eden Shaw is like, all right, you guys need to leave, uh, quickly. Um, I have n- no time to explain. Uh, I really appreciate everything that you've done. Bye bye. And then that, and then they run away. <laughs> And I'm like, why does this feel like completely rushed? It felt like I was yeah. almost hitting like fast forward or something. And yeah. they run and then they're they're they come out and like the sun's coming up. And um And that was mention, clearly an important part of the story. Right. Like the sun coming up was was a important part, but they never really explained it. Um and it, we've totally forgot to mention that Johnson calls us. Um while we're in the world of darkness, Johnson, the, our, our contact for this, the guy we we're doing this for basically, um, he's like, Hey, yeah, I've been listening to your radio transmissions this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you guys have got to do this stuff. He's like, well, wait a minute. Why am I doing all this anyway? How do you know about all this? He's like, well, I used to work for the government. That's it. That's all. That's all he tells us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, as we're escaping, uh, um, like a secret passage opens up in the ground. We come up out of the ground. The sun's coming up. Uh, a helicopter flies in. We get on the helicopter and we look out the window and the island explodes. Yeah, there's into, light beams coming out of it. There's like yeah. fault lines opening up. So whatever was like going to happen, the happened. World. Did, yeah. did, did we stop anything or did we just escape I, the island? I have no idea. As I was watching that cutscene, I saw there's a bunch of light. I was like, okay, so we bathe the darkness in light. Are th- another question? Are these games sequential? Like, is that the event that led to the whole U.S. being like ripped apart in the other Alone in the Dark game? I have no idea. Because that actually would be super cool. If this whole game was almost like an intro to the to the next Alone in the Dark game. <laughs> I think we're looking too deep into this, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I highly doubt it. If they did, okay, cool. It took them eight years to finish that story, and they still didn't finish it. Because Alone in the Dark, 2008, or 2009, I can't remember what year it came out. Um, took them a long time to get there. Um and now Edward Carnby's like 60. 
but also Edward Carnby was from the thirties because you remember in, in that, that game, he was like, Oh, Edward Carnby died back in the third or, or went dis- disappeared in the thirties. How are you, you know, almost 80 years old? I don't know. But then the original in the dark, Edward Carnby, it takes place in the thirties. And Edward Carnby's investigating this haunted house. Yeah, maybe the series is just uh, so much deeper than we are aware. I highly doubt it. But <laughs> yeah, me too. who knows? Uh, but yeah, Johnson shows up in the helicopter. He gets slapped by Aline. And I think Edward Carnby's like, well, you deserve that. Speaking of Rush, though, again, like that scene where she like gets on the helicopter and slaps him, it's like one second. I feel like it's two seconds. It is. It's like she it, is slapping him while she leaps up in to the helicopter as she's sitting down. I don't know the whole. Yeah, you're right. It feels so fast. Some parts, like the whole ending, felt like I was playing it in fast forward. Yeah. And then we cut to the the shady guy in the the office, and I can't even remember what he said. <laughs> He was listening to a broadcast about what happened on the island. Yeah, and it sounded like they were coming up with a scientific explanation. Right, trying so, to cover it up. Yeah, so my thought was because then he like he hits his intercom button and he's like, "Make sure what's his face gets the gets his present or something like that, or his his payment or something." Yeah, and I'm like, uh, okay, so I, I guess I'm supposed to interpret from that. That it was successfully covered up. Yep. But then, what actually happened at the end of this? Like, what were we? What did we achieve and accomplish by our time on Shadow Island? I don't know. <laughs> like what? Nothing. Like, had we just not gone to the island? Exactly the same amount of things would have happened, right? I mean, that's what I'm assuming. I mean, I, I maybe, guess the Alan the would darkness, still be alive. Well, the darkness would have emerged from the island and taken over the world? Yeah, but but did it not? I mean, I, 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 I guess if that last scene was meant to be the next day, but what did we do to stop it from spreading? I have no idea. I think I think Eden Shaw did something because he because it showed it he was doing some kind of like magical warding of some sort while things were flying around him right before the fissures opened up. And so then I guess the logic is because we killed Alan, Alan couldn't stop Eden Shaw from doing that. That's so. what I'm guessing. I feel. Very much like the ending to the original, the, the Alone in the Dark that we played. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, Satan comes anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of feel like the, when the game is set out, like most of this game, we weren't working towards that goal, really. Well, maybe we were. I mean, I don't I, I thought we were just trying to get out of there. Yeah, exactly. I thought we were just kind of just trying to escape and. I don't know. Like, even like, how how did Carnby know <laughs> when he was in the chapel, and then going all over the island? It's not like like this would have made sense if he was like, "Oh, I know that Alan has a lab somewhere, and somebody mentioned a church, right?" And then you're like, "All right, the link is I'm following Alan, therefore in the church." There's a puzzle, it opens the door, alright, I'm uncovering his trail. But there, none of that logic existed. It was just, we stumbled on a church, we weren't looking for a church. We weren't right. looking for an underground lab, as far a as lab? I remember. No. We just, <laughs> a door opened and we said, well, might as well go through it. And Maybe this is the exit. <laughs> so, like, it, it's just like, it, that kind of thing doesn't make any sense to me. Like, there's no... Logic, and it doesn't seem like the things that we did in the game had any drive or, or direction or meaning. Okay. 
I'm 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 going to Wikipedia. Let's let's see if they can shed some light on this this darkness, shall we? Plot. Here we go. I mean, I feel <sighs> like the backstory is decent with the brothers and the family lineage of you know the backstabbing each other and 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 who's going to be the one who's able to connect with the world of darkness or control it or unleash it. I don't actually even know what their goals were really, but at least that like that was there as, as a context in the background. There's a lot more of that in the game than there was actual logic to the story that happens. Right. So according to Wikipedia, um, The game's plot is a separate canon from the main of the series. Oh, there goes um, the idea that it's a lead-in for the next one, right? Yeah. Uh, there, There is... The only other thing that I can find on here is... In 2005, a film adaptation was released called Alone in the Dark, loosely based on the fourth installment. It was directed by Weibo and was a box office flop, <laughs> costing $20 million which was not recovered and poorly received by critics. It Although it made, a, it made a profit on the DVD market. Guinness World Records named the film the lowest grossing game-based movie in the Guinness World Records. <laughs> An unrated, unrated director's cut was released in Germany, France, and Austria and was number one on the German DVD market for three weeks. There you go. The Germans mm. still love Uwe Boll for some reason. Uh, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Synopsis. Maybe. Um. Alone in the dark, the new nightmare. Synopsis. Uh. Here's the Wikipedia. Set on October thirty first of two thousand one. Give me the plot here. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, that's just the beginning parts. Reception. Film adaptation. The Wikipedia doesn't even tell me what happened in this game. Never mind. I don't know what happened in this game. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Perhaps we're not supposed to know. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a game of extremes for me. Like, uh, the atmosphere, the sound, the yeah. locations, uh, even the, you know, the the selection of guns is, is cool. There's a, there's a lot in the game from that perspective. There's a lot of things you see, but it, it comes off a little bit hollow when there's no reason to do it, and most of the environments again there's not much or anything to interact with in most of it yeah it's weird i like I, I it's so strange like i can't figure out i can't really put my my finger on what what it is about this game i think it's totally competent i think it's fine yeah there's definitely some old school game issues with it but then I can't really give it a pass when it has those obtuse puzzles because there's games that have done, that have come out previously to this that did it way better. Yeah. Like, I don't know if 13-year-old me or when this game came out, 16-year-old me probably could have figured it out. But, you know, when I was playing Resident Evil for the first time, I can play through that game. I can figure it out. Yeah, I had no fact when I played through that game, and I played through it multiple times. Exactly. Um, but I would have had to have had a strategy guide for this game or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that's that's Edward's side. Um, still wanting to go through Elaine's side? Yeah, that was part of my question. I, I do and I don't. <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, that's up to you. Um, I mean, I, I think it's going to be different enough that I would like to do it to see 
how this game is different, right? Because it might be that some of the lack of story and some of the lack of interaction and some of the things that seemed a little weak were only weak in Carnby's side because, it, you know, the statement it's is that it's game. the action-heavy one, right? Right. And there was a lot of action, right? There was a lot of guns, a lot of enemies. Guns. You know, and I got a little bit better at the gunplay and how to position for different enemies. So, you know, in that sense, I, I, I did his side, and I feel like I got a fair amount out of the pieces that were emphasized on his side. So if if her side emphasizes puzzles more, and through puzzles maybe you get more interactions, maybe more documents, a couple of new areas, like that could maybe. give this game a different dimension and, and maybe paint it in a different light. I don't know. True. So that's the, that's the two things that I think we may get. I may be looking too deep into this, but... With a lean side, because it's more puzzled, maybe it gives more explanation because she's the one that's walking Edward yeah. through this stuff. Go to the north, go to there. Oh, okay, well, it's showing where to go. And maybe she found the the documents that say, oh, today's the day that it's going to happen. You know, maybe she's she's the, the one that's got all the information and she's just telling Edward, all right, you're going to be my my pawn and go do this, go do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um and then the other other thing would be yeah, maybe she has more story interactions with people because you know, she's like, "Oh yeah, I found out that guy's not my dad," you know. Yeah. Okay, well that's it. That's or, or do you see that with her side of the story? My my question is the the other big thing for me is the fact that will the things that we ran into with Carnby when interacting with her happen in her side. Like, you know, when they meet up at that gate and pass things across, you know, will we see it lead up to that? Yeah, I assume it will. And I think that's cool because it, you know, it it provides that link between the stories, but it also, every time something like that happens in a game, it makes me think of the first time I played resident evil outbreak when yeah. you're actually playing this with other people and they actually need to hand you that thing. I'm like, how cool would this game have been? Like, we're, we're both playing through these simultaneous stories and, you know, we need to meet up at the right time. Obviously, th- this was before that was really possible, but even if you get a flavor of that, it, it it maybe strengthens each other's story by the fact that it grounds them a little bit because these things are happening, at least in a little bit more context, because you're seeing other things that happen simultaneously. Yeah, like they pushed that in Resident Evil 2, or not Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 6. Remember? Yeah. Like you would be playing, and then me and you would be playing as, you know, Chris, and then, you know, oh, this person connected to your game, and they're doing something, you know, way over there, but they're in your game. And you see that if you play as them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, let's do it. Yeah, I'd say let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We'll see. If we were three or four or five episodes in, I'd probably be like, look, I can't do another three or four or five episodes. Yeah. But, and I've heard hers is a little bit longer, but it still feels like probably it would be two. I mean, even if it's three, it's only five total, so it's not not getting too far out of hand. Yeah. I will, I, I do have some things coming up next week, so we'll have to record on Wednesday, but it should be okay. Uh, yeah. We do have an email comes in from Dustin says, uh, you split some alone in the dark in my resident evil (laughs) says, Hey guys. So that second disc was a little rough. A lot of talking through puzzle sections, uh, mainly the stone circle puzzle, which was a lot of jabbering. And I had to look up the solution at the end. I remember a book having some spell words, but completely forgot about that tape recording. Oh God. Yeah. I had to look at a fact for that. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Um, also, what was with the step-by-step radio instructions in the underground lab? <laughs> that was unnecessary and dragged it out quite a bit. Also, Carnby is a dick to Aline which, uh, when they're talking over the radio. Besides those two long-winded parts, the rest of the disc two was a lot of running. The worst was the caves and the infinite spawning enemies. Good thing there's basically infinite ammo and infinite health. And I had a bunch of health packs and regular ammo saved up, but still found it easier to just run past most of the stuff. I think the shotgun was the most useful tool in the game. 
uh, when fighting the scorpions, the flamethrower light gun uh, was the best. And I think I only used the lightning gun on the final boss. It was okay. The last gun you get was useless. I tried it on the boss and kept missing. Speaking of the final boss, I didn't even know that that, I didn't even know that was the final encounter. I thought I had to run away after stunning him a few times. And all of a sudden I triggered a cutscene where I turned into a native American and stabbed him with a spear. Next thing I knew credits were rolling and we're talking about shit. I didn't even understand. <laughs> yep. I really liked the first part of this game, but the second part really fell off for me. It's an average experience. And as far as story goes, I thought it followed it pretty good. Except, I thought I followed it pretty good except for the random people in the office and on the phone call at the end. I don't know if it's the story carried over from the previous games or if it's explained in the instruction manual, but regardless, I didn't know what was going on for the overall plot. I haven't decided if I want to play Aline's part yet. I might be done here. If I do, I'll be sure to write in Dustin. Yeah. yeah. Feel about the same. <laughs> yeah, we kind of feel the same. I'm just like, maybe there's some... Maybe there's something here. Like I don't, I don't hate this game. No, I don't, I don't dislike it. It's it's definitely competent in in what it does. It, it's got some strengths and it's got some weaknesses. Yeah, it definitely feels like a a Resident Evil clone that I feel like came a couple of years too late. If we're being honest, um, but overall, I think it was it was a fine survival horror game. Um, I, I think we may get a little bit more survival horror feelings with the lean side, because I don't think she's going to be as, as heavily armed as Carnby is. Yeah. I could be wrong. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm willing to give it a shot. Why not? Yeah. Agreed. I bought the, I bought the game twice. Might as well play through <laughs> it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the next playthrough. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. Yep. But, uh, yeah, if you would like to, uh, send us an email, it is drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML fury. Matt is at REMGS and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix down. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for Carnby side. Uh, we will be, Continuing on through Elaine's side, uh, starting over from the beginning, um, but we'll see how it goes. You know, we may we may decide ah this is garbage by the end of it, but we'll see. I don't think so. It, it still has some charm to it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, but until next time, I am Drew, and I'm Matt, and we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with a continuation of Along the Dark, the new night. Oh, 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 oh,